Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League draft. And with the first round, John Elway. Welcome in, everybody, to Trickle Down Theories with your host, Eric Trickle. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL Draft. Good young players with the traps all about. Here in and you're out. Welcome back to the Draft. Marcus Evers running back. Tackle. Quarterback. Every year in the draft. There has been a trade. Ricky Williams. John Dolphin. On a shady Saturday. Welcome back to the Draft. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Trickle Down Theories. I am your host, Eric Trickle. On Trickle Down Theories, we talk about all things NFL draft with a small focus on the Denver Broncos, as I am an analyst with MileEyeHuddle.com. On this show, we talk about all things from signings, trades, rosters, team needs, just anything and everything you can think of. Before I jump into it, I want to apologize if there's a little bit of an echo or anything like that. I haven't had a chance yet to listen back and see how the sound quality is in my new office. I mean, it's still working on getting set up, but I am finally actually recording in my office instead of out of my living room on a couch stuck between two boxes. I'm so excited for what today's topics are as well. I think it's something that hopefully intrigues you all. I'm going to be talking about how basically the AFC West looks. I'm going to go over the Oakland Raiders, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Los Angeles Chargers rosters. And I'm also going to be taking a couple questions from Twitter. I think I have two of them at this time of recording. Granted, I did send out the tweet about five minutes before I started recording. So I might get a couple more towards the end. So first off, I'm going to actually start with the Los Angeles Chargers, simply because, to put it bluntly, and eventually get a lot of hate and all this, so I'm warning you now, go grab your pitchforks and torches. Starting with the Chargers because I think they actually have the best roster in the AFC West. They are so loaded with talent and they have one of the best things, they have two of the best things figured out. They have their two premier pass rushers and they have a great quarterback. Granted, you can say what you want about Phillip Rivers. He's great, he's exceptional. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL today. Not the best, but one of the best. If they can stay healthy, this team can compete. They have a solid group of offensive linemen around them to keep him upright, but of course, they got to stay healthy. They're getting a bunch of guys back from injury from last year. I mean, her early draft picks and Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney, two, two offensive linemen that were her, really thought of. They've drafted Squat Questenberry, and they just they look really solid all around. I like what they've done for their linebacker core. They went and got Kaiser White uh, out of West Virginia, and they got um, Uchenna Nuoso from USC as well. They put some focus on where they have some weaknesses at. And their draft actually was really was really good as well. I mean, as I talked about, they drafted Squat Questenberry, Kaiser White, Uchenna Nuoso. But I love that they went and got Derwin James, that guy who can be that safety linebacker hybrid and lay down the wood when it's necessary. I'm so bummed that he ended up in the AFC West. I really liked Derwin James a lot. He was my top safety, even higher than Mika Fitzpatrick. But James is just, he's so exceptional at what he does. He's going to provide a lot of versatility for that secondary. And a secondary that really needed a piece like Derwin James. I mean, they do have some solid talent on in that secondary. And they have one of the best corners in the NFL in Casey Hayward. But outside of him, it's kind of been, eh. I mean, Desmond King had a pretty good year last year. Jason Verrett, he's decent when he's able to stay on the field. But outside of that, it's just... It's just questionable, and their safeties as well. They've been – I mean, last year they had a really good safety, but they didn't re-sign him. They didn't bring him back. And Jalil Aday, I think is how you say his name, he's he's just okay. Like, he's nothing special. It's just, it's just a very questionable group of safeties, and adding Derwin James to that group was 
really great. And I can't talk, I can't keep say enough how much I, this talent, this roster has. Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, a former high draft pick. And of course you have Keenan Allen. You, they added Dylan Cantrell from Texas Tech, who's a really good possession, like slot receiver. I like him a lot. There's just so much talent. Hunter Henry, hopefully he's able to take the step up that they need. My biggest question for them, and this is what's going to benefit Denver so much with those two new edge rush, or with the new edge rusher they have paired with Von Miller, is I question the tackles for the Los Angeles Chargers. Russell Okung is okay when he's on the field, but he gets banged up a lot. Joe Barksdale is not that great, I don't think. They went and got a couple, they have a couple rookies on their roster and Trenton Scott, Chris Durant, Zachary Crabtree, but of course, they're rookies and you can't really bet on them. And then they have Sam Tevy from Utah as well. And then they also have um, Michael Schofield. They have him listed as just an offensive lineman because he can play tackle or guard. So it's just this offensive line at the tackle position is just very questionable for me. So I'm going to be curious to see how they do going forward. If that's a, if that's how you want to beat the Chargers, I think applying the pressure on the quarterback, obviously, that's the key to winning anywhere in the NFL. But applying the pressure on Phillip Rivers because when you apply that pressure and you're able to get inside his head, he tends to make some mistakes. That's going to be what's the key for Denver. So that's where you want to attack is you want to attack those tackles. Next up, I'm going to look at the Oakland Raiders just because it's the Raiders and I just kind of want to get them out of the way. Apologize for having you guys have to sit through this. I know you guys don't really want to hear me talk about the Oakland Raiders, but covering the AFC West, you kind of have to. Their draft, to put it bluntly, was atrocious. I've talked about this before in Periscopes. And the fact that they had two boards, they had Reggie McKenzie's and John Gruden's board, just was such an issue for that team. And it showed in how they drafted. There was a bunch of reaches. There was a bunch of missed picks. And Colton Miller being a top 15 pick just never should have happened. He's an athletic tackle who just doesn't have the right tools to show his athleticism consistently. He has a hitch in his step. He has a slow get off. He just just can't show that athleticism. And he's going to get bullied in the AFC West with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, who I didn't even talk about with the Chargers. Two exceptional pass rushers, one of the best duos there are in the NFL. And Colton Miller is going to have to go face these guys. He's going to have to go face Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. He's going to go have to face those Kansas City Chiefs pass rushers that they have. I'm sorry, but they should have gone somewhere else. They should have gone Derwin James. That would have been what's best for this for the team in general because of what he can do. But the issue with the two boards, I think, led to a very bad, not just pick, but draft overall. P.J. Hall and Brandon Parker to back that up. I like Brandon Parker, and I like P.J. I like PJ Hall both, but round two and three, this was way too early for them. The first pick in the third round for Brandon Parker, I mean, that was at least a round too early. Arden Key in the late third round, I mean, he's when he's on, he's on, but there's so many issues with him. The, one of the picks that I actually really liked was Nick Nelson from Wisconsin. But he's not going to make an impact this year. He is hurt. He's going to be sitting out this year. He's going to be on injured reserve. He ended up tearing his ACL or something like that in a workout with the team. So now Oakland has to go figure that out. And their secondary has some issues. Maurice Hurst, this is an exceptional pick if his heart checks out. They end up taking a punter in the fifth round. Azeem Victor, a guy who most teams wouldn't have touched in the sixth round. And then Marcel Aitman, a pretty good size receiver for them to add some depth to their receiver core, which actually wasn't that bad of a pick. They had three solid picks in my opinion, and two of them, one of them, and two of them have medical concerns. One of them won't play this year. 
you only have one guy who's guaranteed to play this year without a medical concern. Like that's just that's awful drafting. I mean, I'm talking about of the picks that I like. That there's one player who doesn't have medical concerns that will play this year or might play this year. He has to make the team first. Hey, this this draft just it was so bad, and the roster just doesn't look that doesn't look any better. They have a bunch of players over 30. There's what two, four, six, eight, nine players over 30. And a bunch of them at key positions. They have a 35-year-old left tackle. They have a 34-year-old safety, 33-year-old corner, a 32-year-old tackle, 32-year-old running back, a 32-year-old receiver, 31-year-old tight end. They're just aged in all the wrong places, and their young talent in certain spots just aren't showing up. They have, I mean, they have a really good receiver. They have a really good quarterback in Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. I can't believe I couldn't think of that. He's a good receiver, good quarterback, and they end up get, bringing in Martavius Bryant as well to help out that receiver core. But still, it's just the age is in the wrong places. I, I don't know. I just have a lot of questions with this roster in general. I have questions about how their offensive line looks. I mean, they have a really good interior offensive line. It's kind of like the Chargers. They have a good off interior offensive line, but I question their tackles. I'm not a big fan of Donald Penn. I think he's a little bit overrated. Colton Miller was a bad pick. Brandon Parker was a bad pick. David Sharp, just a bunch of bad picks. I like what they have at safety. Carl Joseph and Obi Mello Fonwu. Hopefully I said that correct. But Derwin James added to that core just would have been so much better. It would have opened up what Joseph and Obi would have been able to do. This roster, I'm not, I'm not sold on it. I don't think there's a reason to really fear the Raiders. I know when they hired John Gruden, there's a lot of fear going around through Broncos country, but with what he's been doing, it's just, it's like he wants to go back to playing football. Like it was in the 1990s, that smash mouth style. that just doesn't work really. He's getting it older players. It's going to, they're going to take a step back this year. I, I, I want to say I will be doing record predict, predictions and where I think they end up sitting in the division at the end of this, after I'm done talking about all the teams, but spoiler, the Raiders, they're not going to be very high. I don't think they're going to be very good. And I think they're going to take a step back. Now, the last team I'm going to cover before I get out of here is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they have a lot of talent on the roster, but they made a couple big changes. They made a big change at quarterback by getting rid of Alex Smith, and they're going to Patrick Mahomes, who had a decent outing against the Denver Broncos, but it wasn't great. It wasn't as great as a lot of people crack him up to be. But they had a really solid draft. They have a lot of good talent around the quarterback, that young quarterback. They have a lot of good talent in other places. But they also lost their star corner in Marcus Peters. So it's going to be curious to see how they how they go about replacing what he brought to them. They have a bunch of defensive backs on their roster. They have brought in a lot of guys to sit there and try to find a replacement. And they're very, very young at the position. They have two guys, three guys over five years in the NFL. David Amerson, Eric Berry, and Robert Golden. Right. That's a lot of youth, a lot of potential there. So I'm curious to see how, as I said, how they go forward. I really like the addition of Kendall Fuller. I think he's going to be more than just a slot receiver like he was in Washington. Malik Reeves, he's a versatile defensive back. He's a rookie, though. Traymond Smith, he's a highly thought of defensive back from Central Arkansas a small school guy who was really, again, highly thought of. So their defensive back group is intriguing. I think their defensive line is going to be solid. They have a lot of solid players, and they add a lot of, lot, added a lot of solid people to it. Their linebacker core, again, it's kind of the same thing as their defensive line. They have a lot of 
versatility. They have their pass rushers. They do have one issue there, and when I get to the rookie class, I'll talk about it a little bit more. But playing Breland Speaks at linebacker is a huge misplay, I think. And the fact that they have Kenel Capasano on, I think is how you say it, from Villanova, a draft pick from last year as a linebacker as well is just just dumb, to put it bluntly. Their offensive line, if they're able to stay healthy, again, it's just a pretty solid group. They have some issues at tackle with Eric Fisher and who was their other tackle? I can't remember their other tackle last year. But Mitch Morse is a solid guy. Laurent Dunavi Tardif, I think is how you say his name. Parker Erringer. I think it was Mitchell Swartz was their other tackle last year. I mean, they, they've got a solid group of, of tackles. They have some solid weapons. I mean, Kareem Hunt is going to be something that's going to be very, very – I have to be very careful with about what he's going to do. They have some solid receivers. They have a solid group of people that can really cause a lot of problems. I mean, adding Sammy Watkins to Tyreek Hill, who is just so explosive. They have Chris Connolly, who hopefully – he can stay healthy because when he is able to see the field, he looks solid. And they added Byron Pringle, I think, as an undrafted free agent, a guy who I really like as a receiver, a guy who can be a deep threat and do a lot of things that Tyreek Hill does. Although not quite as explosive as Tyreek Hill, he can still hurt you in many ways. But they didn't have much to work with. They only ended up having six picks, and with the first one being the 46th overall pick, and that was Braylon Speaks. Again, he's a 290-pound defensive lineman from Mississippi that they're actually going to be playing at linebacker. It, it doesn't make sense. That's not what he's going to be best at. And it's I've seen a few Bronco fans point to it being similar to what Denver did with Demarcus Walker. But the issue is, is that Demarcus Walker got sick last year, lost some weight. Then they had injuries happen to their line to their pass rush, and so they asked him to lose even more weight and make the switch. Breland speaks is being asked to just make the switch. I think that is just – it's ridiculous. He's gonna, he's the best as a five-tech in their scheme because they do run a base, 3-4, and just using him as a linebacker it doesn't make sense. He should be taking over that Tom Bahali role. Derek Nottie, again, that's a really good pick, a solid run defender. Dorian O'Daniel, a solid solid guy in pass coverage, has some issues against the run. Armani Watts, Trayman Smith, Khalil McKenzie. Again, they had a pretty solid draft for what they were able to do. I think their biggest issue is that how they're deciding deciding to use some of these players. That is the issue. They weren't bad picks, but they're just using going to be using them the wrong way. So I'm very I don't know cautious with what they're going to do. Now, the Denver the Broncos roster. You guys are all very aware of it. They they added a bunch of talent in their draft class. They ended up with ten picks from the eight draft picks that they started with. They added a couple receivers, a couple running backs, a couple linebackers. They added a pass rusher in Bradley Chubb, and they added a cornerback in Isaac Yidem. They are really intriguing, but the best pickup is Case Keenum of the offseason so far, simply because it gives them a set quarterback. And you can hear it talking. You can hear the players talk about it and the coaches talk about it. There is a big difference with how this team is looking right now due to the fact that they don't have a quarterback battle going on. And, I mean, even if they did, it's not a quarterback battle between Mark Sanchez and Trevor Simeon or Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. It's Case Keenum, a guy who just took his team to the NFC Championship game last year, and nobody expected that. He's been a journeyman in the NFL. There's things, there's a lot of things to like about his game. I did do a film piece for Mala Huddle a few months ago, back when he was first signed, and broke down some of the things he can he does bring to it. He will help this offensive line because he is a little bit better in the pocket. He has a little bit more awareness in the pocket. 
and it's going to help take the pressure off of them. He's going to be able to make those quick strikes to the receivers and let them make plays after the catch. He's going to be able to read the defense and make the right reads, make the right throws. He's going to be a huge improvement over what the Broncos had at the quarterback position last year. Now, he's not going to be perfect. He's not going to have that, what, 14 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio that he had last year. Some ridiculous number like that. Oh, he ended up with 20, 22 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Sorry, at one point he was 14 and 1. But 3,500 yards, he was. He was effective, and he was able to lead the team, and that is what is needed in Denver. They have a lot of talent around them. They are not similarly built to the Vikings, but they have, there are some similarities there. They have a solid defense. They want to get that run game going. That is why they end up taking two running backs, and Royce Freeman and David Williams out of Arkansas, is they want to get that running game going to help take the pressure off of Keenum and just let the passing game be effective. And that's the key is that they got to be effective. It doesn't matter if he's throwing for 300 yards or 100 yards. It matters on how effective it is being. And I'm not meaning effective by he's completing 65% of his passes. I'm meaning that they're able to move the ball. They're making the key connections when they need to be. They're keeping the chains moving. They're keeping the offense on the field. They're letting the defense get rest, things like that. They're being effective at what they're supposed to be doing. So th this team is really intriguing, but they're going to live and die by how the quarterback plays. If they get Case Keenum from last year, they should be solid. But if they get him from the previous years from when he was with the Rams or the Texans, it might be a rough go. So it's going to be something that has to keep in, be kept an eye on. Granted, he hasn't thrown more than 200 passes attempts in his career except for last year. So it's kind of a, I don't know, I don't know the right word off the top of my head, but it's kind of uh, a, little, a little bit misleading about, looking at his box score, but the film is there and he made a lot. And even with these other teams, his film was still solid. And, but the Vikings, it just seemed to take a next step up. So it's something that's definitely going to be keeping an eye on. I, as I said, is I really love what the Brown, what the, what the Broncos did with their draft class. They got some key positions. They addressed it. They addressed positions of need now and in the future. I like the fact that they took two wide receivers, although I know a lot of fans don't get it. They have two receivers over 30 that are, getting at a point where they're going to be too expensive next year. I mean, between the two of them, you can cut them both next year and free up like $24 million in cap space. So that is something that you have to keep an eye on. They went and got two guys who can replace them in Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. And they're going to be having a big time or a big role this year. Deshaun Hamilton will probably have the bigger year simply because his, his way to playing time is a lot clearer since there is no set slot receiver in Denver, and that is what he does best with his making separation with his route running. So this team is really intriguing. I think as long as the Chargers stay healthy, though, I think Denver finishes in second. I can see Denver going anywhere between eight, eight and eight, or twelve and four. It all depends on what we see from the Chargers and the Chiefs. That is why there is that four-win variance there. Because if the Chiefs surprise, or the Chargers, or the Raiders surprise, I mean, then those could be two to four wins that I think Denver can have. That are taken back so that's where the variance is and that's where i think that it's going to be intriguing i think that they probably split with the chargers and i can see them splitting with both the chiefs and the raiders but with how the both teams look from coaching staff to the how they look on the roster to the fact that i simply think that they'll take a step back i think denver can win both of those as well which would put them in that about 12 and 4 spot in the end, I think that it's going to be the Chargers who win the division, as long as they stay healthy. And we say this about the Chargers every year. They have such a talented team, but they got to stay healthy. That is always the key. That has always been the key 
So it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to do just that. I think the Denver Broncos come in second place with the Chiefs in third place and the Raiders in last place. I think between the, I think the Raiders and Chiefs are going to be pretty close. And I think they're looking anywhere between four to seven wins between them or for both of them. I think the Chiefs will be a little bit higher, probably that six, six and 10, seven and nine, maybe even eight and eight range. And the Raiders will probably be looking at four and 12 or five and 11. So that's just, that roster just isn't that great. I don't think. Now, before I jump out of here, as I said before, I do have a couple questions. I ended up getting a third question while I was talking. And the first question I'm going to answer is from David Cromlow, DCROM NFL on Twitter. And he goes, would it surprise you if Royce Freeman is a starter at running back week one? To put it simply is no, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think that right now it's not the plan for him to be right now. They do plan on Devontae Booker being the starter. Last year, they wanted him to be the starter, but he ended up getting hurt. So it, it all depends on health. And it obviously... Of course, this we're in May, the middle of May. And so it's just, I have a long time going between now and then training camp. That can be a big difference. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. But I just know that the, the plan is for Devontae Booker. And then from Brittany Mosley on Twitter, what was it about Case Keenum that made him go undrafted? And how has he improved since? One of the big things was this was before size became less of an issue. So that was one thing. And then that, and same with the college offense. He was playing in that well, college offense, and really bad term, but in that spread and air raid type offense that he played in. His production was solid. It was actually really good. But there was questions about his arm strength. There was questions about his size. There was questions about the offense he was coming through. There was questions about his read sometimes and his decision making. There was questions about if he was actually able to read the defense because a lot of it were just quick read, one, one read strikes, basically to move the ball and move the ball quickly. And how he's improved is that he's just, his arms improved a little bit and his reads have improved a little bit. He's still a really solid, he's just developed into a really solid quarterback that I don't think he, I, at the time, I don't think he should have gone undrafted. I mean, I didn't watch a lot of them and this was before I really, I mean, I was scouting the draft, but this was before I got really hunkered down. This was the last year, the year before actually, I really dove deep into the draft prospects. I saw his name pop up during the combine, I think it was. I just kind of went and watched a couple of the games that he played in from Houston and just to see how he was doing. And he looked solid. I mean, he was a guy that I would have taken a shot on in the later rounds. And he's just – he's exceeded expectations, obviously, as an undrafted free agent. And the last pick is from Rob Lyons. Who do you see as some of the dark horses in the position battles in training camp? This is actually a great question. I think that, I mean, obviously it also depends on where you're looking at the camp battles at. I wouldn't write off Isaac Yidem winning the third cornerback spot. I think that he actually does win it. I wouldn't write off Billy Turner, right, even right tackle or right guard. I think that most likely right guard. I know that they liked him a lot last year on that right side of the offensive line, Connor McGovern. It's going to be an interesting battle there. I wouldn't be surprised if Billy Turner ends up winning it. I think that I'm, I'm – the linebackers, I think, are going to be looking something like Brandon Marshall, Josie Jewell, Todd Davis, and Kayshawn Barrera. Darren Anderson has some issues on special teams as well as in coverage that I think just keep him off the roster. What other position battles are there? I mean, for the most part, it's pretty much that. I think that, I think, well, Philip Lindsay winning the returner spot, Jordan Taylor winning a returner spot. I think Denver ends up getting rid of Andy Janovich and keeping five running backs with Booker, Freeman, Henderson, Lindsay, and David Williams. I think the really the more 
under the radar position battle might be for that number five safety spot. I mean, you have Stewart, Simmons, Cravens, and Parks, and after them, I think that I wouldn't. I think that Darian Stewart has a really good shot at beating Jamal Carter for this. I think I think Demonte uh, Thomas was better than Jamal Carter last year when he was able to see the field, both on special teams and defense. And I think that Jamal Carter was just basically a little bit overrated by Bronco fans. And with Sua Cravens and Will Parks there and Justin Simmons able to do that, I think Demonte Thomas fits that mold of that complimentary piece just a little bit more than what those other guys do. Wide receiver, I think, is pretty much set. You have your top four, maybe five guys in Thomas, Sanders, Sutton, Hamilton, and Henderson, and then Jordan Taylor winning a potential returner spot. So I don't know. I'm not seeing much of a position battle for the 53-man roster. So this is a hard one to say. There just doesn't seem to be that many, as I said, doesn't seem to be that many battles. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Trickle Down Theories. I want to thank you all for listening. And next week, I really hope to have a co-host on here. So that way we can get a little bit of conversation, a little bit back and forth instead of just me talking and constantly forgetting my thoughts and having to sit there and backtrack and repeat myself. Because I know that's not very fun for you guys to listen to. And I, so I do apologize for that. And again, hopefully next week I'm able to get somebody back on so, so I can have a conversation instead of just, as I said, talking to you guys. Please leave a like and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Eric Trickle. Follow Mile at Huddle. That's where all of our written work comes from for mylighthuddle.com follow at huddle up pod for all the podcasts that are regularly focused on the denver broncos and make sure you keep an eye out or something because i do do periscopes as well that's where i do a lot of q a you're able to jump in and just ask me a question and i'll answer it to the best of my ability and again just follow us on twitter you can always reach us on twitter if you have any kind of question i'm more than willing to respond when i have time i had a great time and i hope you guys did too And I will be back in the future with a co-host, hopefully. And thank you all for listening to Trickle Down Theories. Mile High Huddle.